The hot shot of heroin was aimed to kill her. It was given by someone that was known to Victor, and that apparently made her turn. Part of them likes the idea that they're with a dangerous man, but they fancy that, like owning a Doberman or a Rottweiler or a Pitbull, that, you know, this is a very vicious beast, but it won't hurt me. Eventually, if they survived, that those women would probably regret the lives they'd led. This week, I'll talk about Wendy Pearce with our Top Gun, Annie Dowsley, and the Sunday Herald Sun deputy editor, Katie Bice. Another famous woman of the gangland era, Wendy Pearce. Wendy Pearce. Oh, yes. Wendy's a wonderful soul. And uh, she uh, came along before Roberta and... She did. Probably even before Judy, really. Oh, yes. The police pinned their faith on Wendy to um, put the Wall Street killers away in jail for a very long time. And um, as you would know, um, she flipped them at the very end of the trial and declined to give evidence. And uh, it meant that the police case against the Wall Street killers, the killers of the two young policemen, Tynan and Eyre, fell over at the last hurdle and um, they were acquitted. Her loyalty was challenged when uh, she was given a... So she was, of course, the... Sorry, the... Um, wife of Victor Pierce. The wife of Victor Pierce, a um, true figure of underworld dominance. True, yes. Had uh, all of the connections, yep. uh, whether they be mafia, yep. gangland, the old arm robbery crews, the lot. Everybody yep. knew who Victor was. Yeah. Of course, as you said, killed two constables in Wall Street yeah. in 1988. And what made things very difficult uh, was that she was um, given a, um, a hot shot when she started to waver. Oh. And they were, the hot shot of heroin was aimed to kill her. It was given by someone that was known to Victor. Right. And that apparently made her turn. Oh, she thought, they don't really love me anymore. I'll um, talk to the police. And yeah. she, her resistance was high enough that she survived it. She survived it. Um, she didn't take heroin, so she knew that something was amiss. Oh, I see. She then basically walked into protective custody after that. It continues to be a thorny issue for former police. They're nearly all former police now, between the two camps, those who thought that um, they looked after her and cared for her properly so that she would give evidence. And the other camp in the police force who, it is alleged, offended her and turned her against them, against the prosecution. It's that people continue to argue about it to this day. The interesting thing about it was uh, as that trial approached for the Wall Street killers, it wasn't that long before it that they decided to change the... The regime, yeah, and um, that uh, that really changed the entire landscape of how you tr how she felt she was being treated, uh, whether that's right or wrong. Um, yeah, there's an argument that she was being tr given too much leniency beforehand. There was. I could I could extrapolate on that point if you wish. Go for it. Uh, well, at one point she was a woman of um, earthy appetites, let's say, and. Um, She'd had her wicked way with, or oh, at least one police uh, minder, and perhaps more. And she got bored with that and said, I would like to uh, meet interesting people and then go to bed with them, so why don't you take me to a, a nightclub or a discotheque? 
and half the police in the the uh, unit were said no 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 that's terrible we can't be doing that but the dominant half the ones that were running it said yes if that's what it needs if that's what you want we'll fix it so Wendy sure enough is put in a police car with a driver and a policewoman and a um I think an SOG member, perhaps with a little silver suitcase with a machine pistol in it, and then a carload of detectives follow them, and they drive to Ballarat, where on a Friday or Saturday night, on this particular occasion, there was a a, a function, like a nightclub arrangement, and they went to the nightclub, and sure enough, Wendy picks up an out-of-work truck driver or some such, mm-hmm. more tattoos than teeth, you know the story, yeah. and... Um, they go back to the hotel that they've already booked and there's adjoining rooms and one room's for Wendy and her new beau and the other one is for the detectives who go in there and wait and listen. And um, it ended up, it didn't end well. It ended up with the police getting sick of it and going in to kick the truck driver out and um, he made a mistake of waving his arms around and every detective there pulled their gun out and pointed oh. at him. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> the cover story was they're just a, they're my brothers. They're a protective family, <laughs> a very yeah. protective family, and he was thrown out in a cold Ballarat night wearing nothing but his jocks. How would Vic, how did, did this ever get back to Victor? I'd, he'd have to laugh, wouldn't he? He'd well, have to laugh. There was a tattoo, I'm told, on there Wendy's was. back right. or shoulder. Mm-hmm. And it said a word? said a word. I think it might have said flip. And the reason she gave for that was that when asked by her husband, why have you got that word flipped on your shoulder? She said, forever living in protection. There are those who suggest that that's not the only explanation for that tattoo. Couldn't have been a nickname, could it? It could have possibly been, don't know. I don't think we'll comment. After Victor's death, she had quite the fall from grace and fell on very hard times. She was driving around in the car that Victor was murdered in for quite some time. Her daughter died of a drug overdose. And the last we heard of Wendy, she was living in, I think, in a housing commission uh, flat and living with the help of a disability support pension. So she'd gone from having all the money in the world available to her to a dead husband, a dead daughter, and no money. What leads them to these men? Well, a friend of mine who was a detective and later became a psychologist suggests that there are, say, roughly four types of gangsters, wife or woman or partner, he said there's a Lady Macbeths who are fascinated with power and influence and manipulation. There's the Florence Nightingales who are the ones who start off, you know, finding birds with broken winds, wings and mending them and then moving on to broken men and mending them. There's the doormats which are often associated, the wives often associated with ethnic crime who are just married off young to whoever the parents want to marry them to and... Uh, fairly anonymous people who defined entirely by their husbands. We see a bit of that with, um, you know, the Sopranos sort of mm-hmm. model. 
they, they sort of put up with everything in the end because that's where the money is. Yep. And uh, they they maintain a fiction of a veneer of respectability. Yes. They say, my husband's in waste management or wherever it is. Yes. And there's a fourth one. And that, of course, is one you're familiar with, uh, Dows, and that is the risk takers. Um, the risk takers themselves, they've lived the se- criminal or semi-criminal life themselves. They sort of relish being part of the action. I think part of them likes the idea that they're with a dangerous man, but they fancy that, like owning a Doberman or a Rottweiler or a Pitbull, that, you know, this is a very vicious beast, but it won't hurt me. Yes. I can I can pat it. Yes. Uh, I think there's an element of that with some of those women, but particularly the risk takers. Wendy Pierce would have fit into that category? I think so. She she had come from a relatively respectable background. She did. And fell into it and just was always attracted to it in a way that perhaps her own, you know, sisters and cousins just weren't. It, uh, it does happen. And, of course, they generally have a number of children with these gangland with high one, one or more men. of the gangland men. Yes. And it seems to be a cycle for many. Uh, that uh, the children will also get into the game themselves. It does. You do wonder about um, nature versus nurture. And uh, the latest theories on this suggest that um, nature has a lot to do with it. Some people are born to do certain things and will do them and others aren't. And it's interesting, some do and some don't from those families. They do, that's exactly, which goes to the, Nature rather than nurture. Yeah. Because they're all nurtured roughly the same way. Well, it brings me to think about a a bit of a trend that happened with at least two of our uh, uh, women of the gangland world. What? Wendy and Roberta, in the end, when their uh, respective partners were killed, husbands were killed, um, relied very heavily on police and saw it from another angle. Did they? They, uh, They ended up hating the world that they'd been in. Yeah. Uh, so Victor was killed by Andrew Veneman. Yes. Uh, in 2002. Yeah. In Bay Street, Bay Street. Port, Port Melbourne. And of course, Carl Williams was killed in 2010 by Matthew Johnson yeah. in a prison bashing in Bowen Prison. Yeah. It's a very different perspective you get when you're on the end of it. Oh, yeah. I think in the end, I'd work out that it was childish, vicious crazy, criminal, childish nonsense that ends in tears, blood and death and uh, misery. And um, eventually, if they survived, that those women would probably regret uh, the lives they'd led. Read my column in the Sunday Herald Sun and online at heraldsun.com.au. A troubled young woman, her evil parents. We never had any issues between us. Has justice been done? Uh, I'm in a prison. Join journalist Richard Gilliatt as he delves into one of Australia's most gripping cases. Shadow of Doubt, a new podcast investigation from The Australian. I cannot find one of these allegations that's possible. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts.